We are live. This is You Know I'm Right on football. We want to thank our buddy Joe McLemore for helping us out with the intro for the show this week. And we are back and better than ever. And Joe, it's week two. Nick Durst and Joe Calabrese here. And Joe, why don't you, why don't you, get, our, why don't you get our listeners right up to speed here with who's in, who's out, getting everybody ready for some NFL week two fantasy or if you're just a fan of the show what's going on let's do it uh let's start with your new york football giants uh robert quinn uh, on the defensive line he's expected to play in week two versus the giants and obviously he missed week one and uh so the the giants after dealing with the steelers defensive line in week one uh they're gonna have to deal with uh robert quinn and khalil mack and the rare uh the rest of that bears uh defensive line Today, uh, we're, we're going to see what happens there. Obviously, uh, it's going to be a battle with uh, Trubisky and, and Daniel Jones, and and we're going to hope that Daniel Jones doesn't turn the football over uh, multiple times like he did in week one. Hopefully, it gives the Giants the opportunity to actually pull the upset here in week two. Uh, George Kittle. Uh, everybody kind of expected this, but uh, George Kittle is not going to play in week two. Uh, he suffered an MCL sprain in the opener, which means that the 49ers running game will drastically be affected with this. Uh, so one of my friends who I was with yesterday, he showed me a stat. Uh, the, the 49ers in terms of running the football, especially to the outside, uh, among the top two, mostly in every uh, major category, right? Uh, without Kittle in the lineup, granted, it's only two games that they've they've had this with. Uh, Kittle not in the lineup. They move all the way to 32nd in the NFL, which is dead last, right? So uh, we're going to be talking about that line a little later, but one would expect that without Kittle in lineup, it will drastically uh, shorten the gap between the Jets and the 49ers today. There are a lot of players out in that game. Le'Veon Bell's out, Kittle's out, uh, Samuel's not back yet. So, uh, And then pretty much the last major, I would say, player uh, not playing uh, is Kenny Galladay, and he didn't play week one. He's not going to play week two. And that Packers-Lions game, uh, which is in Green Bay, that looks uh, really, really juicy. Really, really juicy, to to say the least. And, and obviously, we know you like the Packers, too. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, so we'll get to the games there. And the other news uh, was Al Riveron, f- senior VP of officiating, missed week one because of coronavirus. He's in the first like known player to test positive for coronavirus. Um, but he's going to be back in Command Central today, so that's that's good that he, he was able to significant. Um, a significant stat worth pointing out is that week one, zero players or coaches tested positive for COVID. Uh, week one now officially has come to an end with, without an incident. On to week two, 
And of course, that is, you know, what you got to keep an eye on. Uh, the other big thing today, which would have been huge, Joe, but of course, because of coronavirus, nobody's going to be there. And that is Tom Brady making his debut at Raymond James Field, James, Raymond James Stadium down in Tampa week two versus the Panthers. Uh, and I also saw uh, something as, as far as that game goes, our buddy Keith Arizari, who said, if you have Gronkowski on your fantasy team, keep him on the bench until further notice. Him and Jeff Ratcliffe saying that on tops. Uh, Joe, let's let's start with the Bucks. What did you think about week one, the Bucks, what you saw from them against the Saints, who you said will not be a playoff team this year? Uh, yeah. The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're, they host Carolina today. Uh, and that I expect that game to be a super high-scoring game. Uh, Carolina looked really good on offense week one, but obviously their defense isn't really anything to write home about. And uh, the Bucks, they were very, very shaky week one, but Brady ended up looking, for the most part, good. Uh, that's oh, another major injury that we, uh, we're going to have to deal with today. Uh, somebody who owns Chris Godwin in multiple fantasy leagues, uh, he was in concussion protocol. Uh, he didn't pass concussion protocol, even though he practiced Friday. So he's not going to be playing today. Right. So, uh, so if you have, uh, any of the, the, the Buccaneers back out, uh, the backups at wide receiver now would be the, the, the time to play them, especially in DF and DFS lineups for today. But, uh, like I said, what we saw from week one was a little promising. Obviously the saints are really good. And, uh, again, like I said, uh, like you said, I, I picked the Saints not to make the playoffs simply because I thought that division would, would ultimately be strong. And the Falcons lost week one, the Panthers lost week one, and obviously the Bucks played the Saints. And uh, I think in the end, ultimately, it's going to come down to Tampa and New Orleans fighting for that division. Uh, and I do th and I do like Atlanta. You know, I think Atlanta is definitely a, a live, uh, I would say, dog today against the Cowboys. But we're going to see Brady finally playing in Tampa. Uh, I but assume fans are going to be there, right? You know, uh, I don't know how that situation is shaking out in Florida, but uh, I would expect fans to be there. Uh, and I think this game probably is going to be the game that they get Leonard Fournette going. Obviously, he wasn't really too much of a factor into their game plan last week, but that's because they ended up signing him during the week. Uh, I think what we saw from Josh Jacobs last week, uh, not huge game that he had the multiple touchdown game. I expect something very, very similar for Leonard Fournette today. Yeah, we got a we got a comment here, Joe. Somebody who wants to heard you playing a lot of fantasy here. Lakers boy 03. Um, so I guess he became a Lakers fan in 2003. Uh, <laughs> you know, right off funny when they were good. Uh Gronk or Engram. Oof. This is an easy one. You gotta go Gronk because Engram can't hold on to a ball. Um, <laughs> despite the fact that once again, Golden Tate is listening as questionable with his hamstring injury. Uh, he might play today, um, but I would go with Gronk because you didn't see it last week where Brady was uncomfortable and he went to what he knew. But I think probably watching back some film, he probably is going to look for Gronk more this week. And as you mentioned, there's going to be a little more action with Fournette. So typically when there's a lot of running, you're looking for the, the tight ends and the, and the quick strikes. Um Maybe Brady not going to be throwing the ball too far downfield to Evans. Um, you mentioned Goodwin injury. Uh, but, yeah, 
Joe, you're the guy playing in two fantasy leagues. So Rob Gronkowski or Evan Ingram? I mean, that's pretty difficult. Uh, we saw Evan Ingram last week catch that, uh, miss that, that big the potential touchdown at the very beginning. And then he made the catch later in the game that they took away uh, with offensive pass interference. So uh, we know Ingram is capable of the big play. That said, Gronk, I still think, even though we didn't really see it week one, I mean, I think he only had two catches. He's still a threat in the red zone. And from what we know, uh, Carolina's defense is terrible. The, the Buccaneers, I think, are going to have at least four or five red zone opportunities today. So uh, do you believe that Ingram can catch five passes for 60, 70 yards like he normally does? Yeah, I would say so. But I think Gronk, I don't know. I disagree with our guy Keith today. I don't know. He said keep Gronk on the bench. Oh, Gronk, I think Gronk and Ratcliffe uh, <laughs> segment on top. So I don't want to say it was just Keith. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. He, he said that on tops. I don't think Gronk is, is so much to the point where he, I don't think he's not playable. I think if you have somebody better to start at tight end, you could probably start him at tight end, uh, but I still think Gronk is a flex play. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's pretty close. I think, I think Ingram gives you a higher floor and I think Gronk gives you a higher ceiling. And what we know from Brady is I think you're hundred percent right. I think he's going to look at the tape from week one and he's going to say, okay, I had Gronk open here. I had him open there. Uh, there's stuff that I probably would have done here that I didn't do there. I think for the most, for the most part, he's going to make a lot more safer throws today. And like I said, if they get into the red zone four or five times, I think Fournette's a threat to punch it in once or twice. I think Gronk's a threat down there. Uh, I don't know. Maybe conventional wisdom says Ingram, but we both like Gronk here. So, All right. We got some more fantasy questions. We love the questions here. Brustman27, do you think Darius Slayton is a week two fantasy or a sleeper? No, he's not a sleeper. He's, he's not a sleeper anymore. He's, not a sleeper he's a legitimate anymore. starting he, wide receiver. He's the number one receiver on the Giants. So... You got to play Slayton. If you got him, get him. If he's still available on waivers, go pick him up right now. This guy's going to probably have a double-digit touchdown season. He had two-week one. Big, you know, fantasy players, they love those garbage time touchdowns. He got that second touchdown. So that big strike through the air, Jones to Slayton in the end zone. Slayton with the big touchdown. Slayton is obviously Daniel Jones' number one target. So I think you need to continue to go after him. But Joe... Slayton wasn't available for you where you were drafting your league, so maybe you slept on him. Well, in one league, I had the opportunity to draft him, and I didn't. So I was that kicking myself in the, the rear end there. Uh, and then the other league, obviously, he went you know about a pick or so before where I anticipated taking him. So uh, obviously, he's a breakout candidate. Uh, you know, From the middle of last year on, he's been one of the best receivers in the NFL in terms of scoring touchdowns. And that's mainly because he has – what I really think is really, really strong chemistry with Daniel Jones. I think you you saw it right out of the gate last year, and I think a lot of what happened was that he he ended up scoring, and, and all of his production seemed to come in bunches. And I think when that happens, people uh, necessarily lean to maybe the the fluke factor or you know some type of I would say negative regression. And, and obviously, you know those those aren't bad arguments. You know those make sense. But for the most part, it seems like these two guys, you know, being on the same page together is the real deal. And we saw uh, Jones's best throw in week one against the Steelers was that long touchdown that he threw to Slayton, which was an absolute beaut. Uh, perfect catch, perfect throw. 
uh, perfect play all around, and it happened relatively early in the game, and the Steelers ended up setting Lincoln to the game. But I do think Jones and Slayton among uh, NFL duos is, is one of the top connections that we see out there. Again, he's no longer a sleeper. I don't even think he's no longer a flex play. I think he's right. legitimate, like starting wide receiver sleep, three in lineup. If you're sleeping on Darius Slayton, set your alarm and let it wake you up because this guy, he, he is <laughs> legit. He's ready to go. And so are we, Joe. Let's go through some games here. We're going to talk Giants. We're going to talk Bucks. Uh, but we just want to tell everybody if you are a betting man and you live in Illinois, Indiana, or New Jersey, head on over to nj.pointsbet.com. And we got a promo code for you. Enter the promo code FREECASH, all caps, no spaces, all one word, and deposit your money, place a bet. We'll help you out there. Joe is going to give you his expertise here. Uh, and then take you could take that advice. Um, Joe is not liable if you listen to his bets and they go wrong, though. But <laughs> take, take what he says and we say, go to nj.pointsbets.com, sign up, select the state, and enter the promo code, no spaces, all one word, in caps, free cash. Okay, so make sure you do that. Courtesy, we're friends at American Betting Experts, and let's get right into it, Joe. Uh, we were just talking about this team, so might as well just stick with them. You got the New York Football Giants taking on the Chicago Bears. Points bet has the 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 Bears favored at minus five and a half. Uh, money line minus one ten. So I think this is probably a game where you'd be more inclined to go money line versus odds. But I I'll, I think the Bears are probably covered, but I would go I'd go Bears money line here. Um, and as we get into the that game here, we did have a comment from the Breastman, Breastman27, we'll say, can I have a bounce back week two after a lesson still our week one performance? Uh, it depends what you define as bounce back. Do I think you can get more than 15 yards on the ground this week? I think so. Um, but I'd be worried, not about him, Joe, but I'm, I'm worried about that offensive line and just the offense in general. Yeah. I, so we both were on the same page here. Uh, basically the bears needed the entire 60 minutes in order to beat the Lions of week one. And even then they still needed Deandre Swift to drop a touchdown pass at the very, very end of the game. So coming off of that week one performance, uh, you would expect that the bears would have been favored in this game. Five and a half points against the Giants, though, is a little too much, uh, especially given the fact that we don't really know if either of these two teams are any good. Uh, I sure as heck wouldn't have and a half points, but I will say is, uh, and we talked about this right at the top of the show, uh, Robert Quinn being healthy on the defensive line, uh, that's going to make a little bit of a difference for the Bears, too. Uh, They're not going to see quite the amount of talent last week uh, that the Steelers had. Uh, but for the most part, I think the Giants and the Bears uh, will both be in this game throughout. Uh, the five and a half is, I think it's too big. You know, you know, maybe we'll be proven wrong here. Uh, that said, I like the Giants in the points, but I like the Bears outright to win the game. So uh, this is, uh, we're going to, we're going to give our, our, our best picks of the week here. Yeah. Uh, in, big in, bad in, Mitch we- is not going to be stopped by the Giants <laughs> defense. Mitch Trubisky. This guy, you guys, a stud. I think he's going to have a good day. Cleo Mack's going to wreck, wreck the Giants. Uh, Daniel Jones over under two two turnovers. Joe, what do you got? We'll go under. Uh, I think he'll. Yeah, I think he'll 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 have a much better go at it than he did last week. I think the the 
the pick that he threw in the red zone uh, in the middle of the third quarter, which kind of effectively sealed the game, took a, a lot of the, the wind out of the Giants' sails. Uh, that's kind of unfortunate. Obviously, he was looking to throw the football out of the back of the end zone, and he just couldn't, and he needed to take the sack there, and he didn't. Yeah, uh, and we got I a comment think, from MJ Calabrese24 here who says, stay away from the Giants-Bears game. Stay away. Uh, I think yeah. that's, a good, that's a good one, Mike, but he, he seems to be a critic of you. Joey says, at J. Calabrese 1, keep your eyes open when you speak. What do you have to say about that? <laughs> All eyes on, on you, M. Calabrese from Joe. All right, moving on. We got a lot of games to get through here. Let's talk about a game which features the, the top two teams in the, in the AFC South right now. You got the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Titans. It's, is it, is it, it's a question of should we continue to doubt the Jaguars I think this week I'm going to doubt them. Um, Minshew, he's ready to go, but the Titans is who I'm, who I'm going to roll with this week. Uh, their defense looked good on Monday Night Football. Um, however, I think this is a really big line here, seven and a half. Um, so I don't know, I don't know where I would go with that line, but um, I would, I'm definitely going to, going to pick the Titans in this game. Um, but I think, I think that seven and a half might be a too big of a number. I think the Jaguars could cover. Yeah. It's this like week one. We uh, we both were on the Colts. Obviously, that didn't really work out. Uh, the legend of Gardner Minshew continues, and, and for the most part, I mean, he's from everything that we've seen since he became a uh, since he was thrust into the starters role when Nick Foles got uh, injured very early last season. For the most part, Minshew is, has always he, he completes most of his passes. Uh, is he a perennial 300-yard thrower? No. Uh, but from what we've seen, he's very athletic. He makes a lot of plays. Uh, he can make most throws on the field. Uh, he has, for the most part, kept the Jaguars mostly in games, in the games that he started. So, again, and this is a pretty recurring theme this week. I think a lot of these lines are way too high. I think a lot of these lines are – uh, especially Vegas and and whatever you know, other uh, sites that you know you want to use, you know DraftKings or FanDuel or PointsBet, like we do for the with American betting experts, uh, our good friends. I think a lot of this is playing off of like the emotions that people have after week one. Uh, again, a lot of people after week one tend to to really uh, have more polarized opinions on certain teams. And this is one of those things where I think a lot of people, uh, the last team that they saw in week one win was the Titans, right? They look good on Monday Night Football. They have a strong defense. Uh, hopefully, a lot of people are keeping the Jaguars out of sight, out of mind. You know, a lot, maybe a lot of people throwing away that week one upset. Uh, I think this line is way too high. Uh, but then again, we didn't see Derrick Henry have a good game in week one. And I think if Henry has a really good game in week two, uh, that might be enough to push the Titans, you know, beyond two scores and and to cover here. Uh, again, you know, I just I, I I don't feel comfortable laying the points with anybody, especially with Gardner Minshew, uh, who's a backdoor candidate. You know, we uh, we discussed this on on Jacob's show uh, before we started our own here. So I like the Titans to win. Uh, I I don't feel comfortable with the points. Uh, this is not one of my my best bets of the week. I think this is game is going to be relatively close. I think Minshew's going to shock a lot of people again. Uh, with that said, though, I do pick the Titans to win this game. Uh, if you're going to bet this game, either bet money line or stay away from it because again, this line's way too high. 
Yeah, I think that's a theme a lot this week. Money line is the way to, is the way to go. All right, the next game here. This is a line where I'm gonna jump all over. You got the the Cowboys favored minus three over the Falcons. You're giving the Falcons three points. I saw enough from the Falcons a week one to say <laughs> they could definitely keep this game within three. Uh, Matt Ryan probably going to be a Hall of Famer. You got Julio Jones down there. Todd Gurley. Falcons, you know, obviously people think a lot less of them ever since they lost the Super Bowl, but they're still a good team. They got those offensive weapons. And if you're giving me the plus three with the Falcons, I'm going to take it, Joe. Yeah. Uh, and this is also one of these these games where I think a lot of people are basically playing off of the emotions that they saw in week one, right? So our two impressions of the Falcons. Uh, they got blown out, right? They got their doors blown off at home by the Seahawks. And Russell Wilson, who was my pick to win the MVP, obviously yours being uh, Kyle Murray, uh, Russ came right out of the gates and threw four touchdowns in week one. So uh, he's he's off to a really great start. And our impression of the Cowboys is same old Cowboys. They had a chance to to pull out that game in Los Angeles at the very, very end Uh uh, that call, which we haven't really gotten to discussing, we discussed on our podcast on you and I'm right. Uh, that call was really to me. I hate those like pass interference calls. I can go either way. Uh, very ticky tack. Uh, I, I feel like there are a lot of instances where they, they don't allow guys to battle for the football anymore. But that said, uh, the Cowboys did not pull out that game. Uh, it was a very, very close game until the end and they ended up losing. Right. So the winner of this game is going to be one and one. Uh, gonna have some life. The loser of this game is gonna be Owen too. And regardless of how you feel about either of these teams, I think they both have good offenses. And I think uh, seeing them, one of these teams start Owen two, uh, is going to be a, a big backbreaker. You know, for whoever it is. Uh, I think the line is fair. You know, I think Dallas is three. Uh, obviously, Jerry Jones has anticipated fans being in the stadium the whole way through, right? So. Uh, normally we see teams like in a game like this, the, the home team always gets the three points. It's always kind of a courtesy thing. The fact that the Cowboys aren't three and a half, four or four and a half is kind of fishy to me. Uh, that said, uh, I do think the Cowboys are going to write the ship and win this game. And I'm really 50, 50 on this game. Uh, the one thing I will tell you is that I do think it's going to be a relatively high scoring game. Uh, so we saw the line at minus three, uh, the over under, depending on where you want to look at it, you know, it's pretty much in the, the high forties, wherever you go. Uh, I think this is probably going to be the highest scoring game of week two. I can very much see a 31, 27 kind of game, mm-hmm. uh, really high scoring close game throughout, maybe even like game 34, 31, in the, the early thirties. So I'm going to pick the Cowboys again, not really feeling great about it. It's a pretty 50, 50 game. You're going to lean the other way. Uh, in week one, there were about two or three of these games, and I think you ended up getting two of them. So, uh, you know, but I do like the Cowboys. I think on paper, they're the most talented team in the NFC East, right? MJ so, Calabrese says Cowboys with the spread. Big game for Amari Cooper coming. Cowboys with the spread, yeah. Where right, the Calabreses are going to lean the, to the, the, the Cowboys. <laughs> there we go. Moving on to the next, the next game. Uh, Denver Broncos taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pretty big line for this game, six and a half. But big, big line. I'm gonna still go with the favorite here. I'm gonna go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I saw enough for them destroying my New York Giants last week to know 
that my preseason pick of them winning the division is accurate. Big Ben's back. He's he's doing what he's got to do. Uh, Connor's looked good, although he got injured. And defense is just really good, Joe. And that's that's why I'm going to lean here uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers minus six and a half. I do think that the defense is just going to be too much for Drew Locke and the Broncos. Although I do like Drew Locke quite a bit. I just think this is going to be a similar scenario as you saw last week with Daniel Jones and the Giants where they just couldn't handle that Steelers defense. Yeah, the Steelers' defense is very overwhelming. They're, uh, as of right now, I would say, the early favorites to be the the either the best defense in the league or, or definitely a perennial top five the whole way through here. Uh, so, again, when you look at trends and stuff, uh, always, always go with a West Coast team going to the East Coast at 1 o'clock. It's a really, really remarkably hard spot to go into unless you're the Seahawks who seem to cover every time they, they freaking do it. But uh, the Broncos also, like I mentioned with the Titans before, they were our last impressions of week one. They were the teams that played the week one Monday night football late game, right? So that is going to, I think, be a huge factor here because I think the Broncos played the Titans in week one. Uh, It was a very tight, you know, beat them up, low scoring game. Uh, the Titans defense has the ability to wear you out too. So I think with those factors coming into play here, uh, so I, all week, like I said, we've, we've been discussing lines. A lot of these lines are way too, too rich for my blood. Um, but for the sake of, you know, giving, you know, our listeners and our readers and our, our watchers a a pick, uh, I'm not going to keep like tiptoeing around every single spread. You know, I don't mind taking a couple games with the spread. So uh, I like the Bears a lot today, right? We had the money line. Uh, for the most part, I've been on Steelers' money line the whole week. But if the line, uh, according to points bet, is going to be at six and a half, then we'll take a shot and we'll take the Steelers with the spread. Uh, because I think Ben, with the way he played in the second half last week, looked really good. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be in. Deontay Johnson was kind of a question mark. He's going to be in. James Washington is really good. Eric Eron looked good last week. Uh, and they have James Conner and Benny Snell. So regardless, they don't, they're probably not going to give 20 or 25 carries or 25 touches to either back. It's probably going to be more of a split. But right then and there, I just rattled off six or seven weapons that Roethlisberger has that not a lot of other teams has at, at, at their, their disposal. So yeah. uh, so we're going to go with the Steelers. We're going to go with the spread here. Again, I don't like the Broncos coming off that week one late loss, traveling to the, the, the east, uh, east to time zone for week two to play this game. I think the Steelers look really good in the second half last week. Uh, and if you're gonna if you're gonna take any team to to cover the spread this week, you know this is this is one of your two or three best options to do so. So we're on the yeah. Steelers. Let's go. Let's take this into the minus six and a half. All right. The next game is I think it's the lock of the week here, and that's going to be the Vikings heading to Lucas Oil Stadium to take on the Colts. Colts are favored, minus three. Give me the Vikings, plus three all day. We got wow. comment here. MJ Calabrese, slack of the week. Vikings, plus three and a half. I'm with you on that. Ooh. I we mean, both like the Vikings here, huh? I mean, the Colts could win the game, but the Vikings are not going to be within three within uh, three and a half. I mean, I mean, come on now. This is just – this is blasphemy here. So Mike obviously is a line from 
probably DraftKings or something we're using of course points bet, points bet. that's a that's a good time for us to remind you to, to head on over and see at the bottom of our screen right now visit nj.pointsbet.com and enter the promo code free cash uh of course if you're listening to the podcast version of this hey that promo code is still good for you for monday night football and thursday night football and college football or heck whatever the heck you want to bet on head on over there nj point nj.pointsbet.com and enter the code free cash for joe Kirk Cousins, you like that, all right? Yesterday, you like that. Yesterday, yesterday in softball, I made an amazing play coming off the mound uh, and going into the third base dugout to catch the ball. And afterwards, I said, you like that? And everybody liked it. And I like this pick that I'm making here. I, I think three and a half for the Vikings. Uh, no Stefan Diggs, which is obviously a huge loss, but the Vikings still are very good offensively. Colts, Colts could win the game. Wouldn't be surprised, but I do think – the Vikings cover. Yeah, I think a lot of people here uh, are anticipating the Vikings that we've come to see the last few years, which is just a really overall good defensive performance. Uh, there's going to be a lot of Dalvin Cook in this game, a lot of Dalvin Cook. And the Colts, uh, they were up big in week one against the Jaguars, and they blew that lead. And I think a lot of this game is also uh, the Cousins reverse factor at quarterback. I think a lot of people anticipate Cousins not really to turn the ball over as much, kind of just be steady Eddie, uh, game manager type, keep his team in the game, as opposed to Rivers, who we know uh, throughout the course of his career has been super volatile, and he, he's always known to not really being the best late-game quarterback. So, uh, obviously with the three, you know, Colts being the home team, they get the three, they get the courtesy three. Uh, the fact that this line has gone up to, to three and a half, considering that everybody I know who, uh, plans to either bet on this game or watch this game or follow this game in any capacity, mostly everybody likes the Vikings. So it seems really, really, really strange. Uh, the Colts, they lost Marlon Mack for the season, uh, with his Achilles injury, I believe. So that's a huge blow. Uh, your man, Jonathan Taylor, uh, he wasn't good. Uh, he wasn't bad in week one. He was pretty good. Now he's officially uh, the starter. So now he's officially the starter. Yeah. I, I don't know. Again, this is again, one of those games that go 50, 50 either way. Uh, in terms of the points, if I'm going to get the extra half point with the Vikings then hell yeah, the, the plus three and a half is the play, uh, to me, if this, see, I don't think this is going to be a really high scoring game. I think. Uh, the Vikings, especially with Mike Zimmer there, they're going to look to right the ship kind of in week two. And and obviously, I like Frank Reich and the Colts. And they they blew we both, a. They both like the Colts. Yeah, uh, I like Clark. I like Kirk Cousins a lot. Jimmy Clark, Kirk Cousins about to be 44, 44 and two as a starter. After he just day. wants to be on the ticker. On the ticker. Hey, if you leave us co- if you leave us comments as Mike Calabrese knows as he says the Vikings are winning outright. Uh, you're gonna, you're gonna, you leave a comment. We're gonna put you on the ticker. I mean, you had that comment about Joe's keeping his eyes open, and we put that up too. So we're here. We're we're the show for the fans, and you know, leave us your comments. We're gonna put them out there. Tweet us at Nick underscore Durst at J One. We're here for you. We're the fans. Uh, you know, we are gonna just put the comments up. We're gonna read them, and we will, of course, be. Continuing to talk about the games here. Next game, this one of the second biggest line of the week right now, or could be the top for the biggest, depending on who your provider is here. But we're using points bets here. 
uh, point bets. And we got the Panthers eight point dogs against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. To me, Joe, I mean, this is the line here with points bet, but I think this is just too big of a number. You saw the you saw the Panthers put up some points last week. Buccaneers didn't look too good. Uh, I think I would just play it safe here, and I would go money line Buccaneers. We talked about the Buccaneers earlier with the Lakers boy asking about Gronk or Ingram, so we talked about that. Um, and there was, you know, there there's some injury notes there that you touched on earlier as well. But I'm leaning with the Buccaneers here, but I. Do I, I'm not touching those eight points. Yeah, I think the eight and a half is way too much. Uh, and especially on a team with Christian McCaffrey, with DJ Moore, with Curtis Samuel, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. I think I think a lot of people are underestimating the Panthers in this game. I think the line is simply way too big. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. With that said, uh, the Panthers have like very frisky backdoor potential. Very, very frisky. Uh, I can very much see the Buccaneers being up by like 10 to 14 points in, in like the final minute or so. And the Panthers come back and like get a touchdown or something or figure out a way to score. MJ Calabrese, 24. Yeah. Panthers are at the points. There you go. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> the Calabreses are on the same page today with everything. It's really weird. Really, really weird. Well, you're uh, not with the Vikings, though. Well, I said I would take them with the points three and a half. That the extra when you get he's the got, hook. He's got the he's got the Vikings winning outright. Uh, right, right. That's a little That's bit different. Man. A little bit different. Um, but yeah, this this line is entirely way too much. And I get that the, the Panthers defense is not good. Really, really not good. But laying, I, I've seen this line stay kind of like nine, nine and a half in places too. Obviously with uh, with points bet and our friends at American Betting Experts, it's eight and a half. Uh, but even then, that's still way too high. Way too high. If this was like, I don't know, six, six and a half, you know, I, I'd feel a little bit better uh, about it. But I... I could see Christian McCaffrey having a late touchdown and then just ruining a lot of people who took the spread. And even then, like we didn't, we saw Tampa Bay week one. Did they look like a team that should be laying eight and a half, nine points in week two? I don't know. I don't think so. So yeah, we're on the same. Everybody's on the same page here. Way too high of line. All right. Next game here. We got the Buffalo Bills, Bills Mafia going down to Hard Rock Stadium to take on the Dolphins. Um, I'm going to go with the Bills minus six here. And also, I don't know if there's a prop bet out there, but I think Tua Tungavaiola makes his debut today after three uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick interceptions. <laughs> he gets the hook. Tua comes in. And next week, Tua gets his first start. That's my predictions for this That's game. But Josh Allen and the Bills are just too much to handle now for anybody. And the Bills, they will win this game. The Dolphins were very frisky last week. I uh, needed that fourth quarter interception by Ryan Fitzpatrick late in order to cover, which they did, which was really nice. Uh, so, yeah, so this line is in most spots it's six. You can get at five and a half. I've, I've even seen six and a half still. Uh, again, a lot of big favorites this week. A lot of teams that are right on the cusp of being favored by a touchdown. Um, the Dolphins were alive and in the game all week last week in New England. And I like Brian Flores as a head coach a lot, right? So I agree with you. I think the Bills are going to win this game. I think they're going to end up being too much. But I do think that the five and a half or the six, it's a lot. It's a, a lot to to lay, especially in this scenario. Uh, I think it's very possible that that plays out. But 
We've seen good games from Fitzpatrick with Miami. I think ultimately it's going to be much closer than people think. I think the Bills will win, and I'm taking the Dolphins with the points. All right, so the Calabrese boys differ here. And Rachel Bush is still. He's got Mike's got the Bills with the spread. Thanks for the comment, Mike. Uh, and we got Jimmy Clark. Ryan Fatrick has made over seventy, 70 million in his career, and that's king. Good for Ryan Fitzpatrick. He 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 he's probably the wealthiest or one of the wealthiest Harvard grads of all time. So good for him. It just shows you what that Ivy League education can do for you in any field. Uh, and Fitzpatrick, you know, even if he goes to the bench, I'm sure we'll see him again this season. He has to come in for a two injury and help throw like seven touchdowns. Wouldn't yeah. surprise me. He's going to uh, swing at least one game. That's just what he does. Uh, no doubt about it. So you always got to be worried with Fitzpatrick when you're when you're betting against him. All right, here it is. Your game of the week. The game you'll be locked in on. 1 p.m. MetLife Stadium. The J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. Uh. Hosting the San Francisco 49ers. Originally, this line was at six, six and a half. Now it turned up to seven, um, which is kind of concerning. I think I, I said it earlier on Jacob's show where we were on the Hard Count podcast. I said Jets potential for a backdoor cover, but I'm going to go with the 49ers. I'm going to say they cover here with the minus seven. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, George Kittle is out and other players across the league are out, such as D. Ford. Jameson Crowder, Chris Godwin, Philip Lindsay, David DeCastro, Stefan Wininski, Kenny Galladay, Desmond Trufant, Kenny Clark, A.J. Brown, Jack Doyle, Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, Quan Short, Javarius Ward, Alshon Jeff- Jeffrey. But, you know, George Kittle's the biggest out there on that list. That's going to impact the foreigners a lot. But, you know what, Joe? I just don't have any faith in the Jets' offense at all, at all whatsoever. Yeah, they have no healthy skill position players whatsoever. Uh, the only good offensive lineman last week was Beckton. Everybody else was kind of graded pretty poorly. Uh, <laughs> granted, Buffalo's defense is pretty good, but uh, again, not really looking too optimistic right now about the uh, the Jets in this game. Despite all the injuries and even the 49ers, again, with Kittle, uh, they're, they're fighting the injury bug too. To me, this just seems like a game where the 49ers are going to run 40 to 50 times. And it's going to be one of those, okay, you know, you know, it's coming, try and stop it. Uh, they're going to go to their bread and butter, which is what carried them all the way to the Super Bowl last season. Uh, and I think given the 49ers state of their skill position, guys, all their best guys who are relatively healthy are all backs. So Raheem Mostert's going to have a good game. Uh, Jarek McKinnon missed all of last season. Uh, he looked pretty solid in week one. Uh, and I think the running game is what's going to ultimately carry the 49ers here. I think I can't see a big time blowout and I can't see a lot of points simply just because everybody's hurt. Uh, but I expect this game to be like 24, seven, like 24, 10. Uh, I think the 49ers are going to quickly grab like a two score lead and just be able to, to run the football and kill the clock and, and eat the whole game. Yeah, I think, uh, Mike Calabrese, he has the same thoughts here. 49ers got embarrassed at home. Got embarrassed at home against the Cardinals. Well, the Cardinals are legit. So Yeah, the Cardinals are legit. I don't know if they got embarrassed. I, I think mean, 49ers are lost, but... even without Kittle is what he says. And then Jimmy Clark says, it's a contract year for Fitzpatrick. He's going to go on a run. We sort of did with those Jets. <laughs> and he's just, he fleeced them moving forward. Uh, but, yeah, 49ers here. That's what we're going with. And... 
Things are it's getting early late. It's getting late early for the Jets, Joe. It is. It really is. It's getting late I just early. I, yeah, I can't see more than three or four wins this year. And that's that's really pushing it. All right. Uh next up you got the Rams heading to Lincoln Financial Field take on the Eagles. And I'm happy to say the Eagles are going to go 0-2. I'm going to say Rams outright with the win. They're getting one and a half points, so give me that. That's easy right there. Yeah, absolutely. The Grab the gonna, points. The Rams are going to Rams are going to run all over the Eagles. Jared Goff's going to have a good game, and the Eagles go to 0-2. And Philadelphia fans start putting Doug Peterson in the hot seat for some reason. You know, this guy wins that won the Super Bowl. And got him back to the playoffs last year, but Peterson's going to start hearing it from the fans. But the good thing is, the fans won't be in the stadium, so he won't be hearing much. No, I uh, I was very like, we were on the fence in that week one game with the Eagles and the the Washington football team. Uh, we we kind of knew there was something fishy about that game. We weren't really totally locked in on the Eagles, and and obviously they were up big. So deserved credit for at least taking a big lead, but unfortunately they they could not hold the lead, uh, and they they blew a very very winnable game. To me personally, I think that these two teams again, like the the Rams Cowboys last week, are pretty evenly matched. Uh, with that said, I I much more impressed with what the Rams did last week, and they looked good on defense. And obviously, they always look good on defense. You know, just staying healthy because they're too top heavy. That's what they really need to do. Um, but Aaron Donald looked good. Jalen Ramsey looked good, especially on that call at the very end that he drew. Uh, this is West coast going East coast, right? So you always have to be weary, but I was very dicey with what I saw last week with, with the Eagles. Uh, they just don't look like a really good team. Right now, uh, that could all change in week two, but I was much more impressed like you were with what the Rams did. I think, again, you're right. I think Jared Goff is going to have a good game today. I think a lot of people uh, have tended to write him off recently. Uh, I think he looked really good in week one. They just gave Robert Woods an extension, right? So he's going to be a huge part of this offense. Uh, And Malcolm Brown punched a couple of TDs. Uh, that's what I think you're going to expect today. I think the Rams getting the one and a half is, is the move. I saw him with you. Yeah. Mike, the comment, loves it. Nick loves my pick, but for first purposes, Hurts Earth scores like three times. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see about that. I don't know. After what Dallas Goddard did last week, he looked like the, the tight end of choice for once. So, uh, Tony know. Paradise has a question. Is Cleo Mack going to be a factor for the First, the Giants, he is questionable. If he plays, he's going to be a major factor. Yeah, Daniel I think so. He's going to be pretty scared if he has to, to go against Khalil Mack today. Yeah, I haven't seen anything that has totally written Khalil Mack out of the game. Uh, so for all intents and purposes, we we believe he's going to play. I think he's going to play. Uh, I think a lot of what the, the the questionable tag was was probably just for precautionary reasons. I think if there was any real threat that he wasn't going to play, he would have been ruled out either Friday or, or yesterday. So uh, I think he's going to play. I think he's going to have a major impact. And obviously they get Robert Quinn back healthy, which again, we, for the third time uh, in the last 45 minutes, we've mentioned that. Uh, so yeah, so the, the bears on the edge are going to be good. Uh, obviously they have a solid defensive line as is uh, their, their strength now on defense is more likely uh, with the, the linebackers in the secondary, but uh, the giants will have a little bit of an easy go today. Uh, I think Saquon will, 
maybe he doesn't eclipse 100 yards, but maybe he has 70, 80, 90 rushing yards. I think he's going to have a much better game than he did in week one. Uh, but I think Mac will be a, a big time uh, deterrent for anything that the, the Giants want to do on offense. Uh, right. So again, yeah, close game. I think he's going to be a factor, and I think the Bears will end up winning the game, but I think it's going to be close. All right, we're entering the fourth quarter here of the You Know Right podcast. We know I'm right on football live show right here. We'll say Kalan's pass protection being an issue from Tony Paradis. The answer, in short, is I say yes, Joe says no. But I don't think so. Overall, I, I think, think that was I think that was overblown. The, the offensive line is so bad, so <clears throat> they get right through, and then Saquon's got to do stuff he's not used to doing. But we'll monitor that, and that's going to be very interesting to see. All this, oh, I guess, Joe. While we're on the topic, what do you think about all this week? All the talk was, oh, the Giants need to trade Barkley now. They they shouldn't resign him in the offseason. Nah. Give him extension. I think that was too premature after one game. Yeah, it's way I mean, too that's way too yeah, and they're, I don't. They, they're I, not a better team without him. I mean, look at the Jets. They traded Jamal Adams in the hopes that they could draft a Jamal Adams again. I mean, it doesn't. You get, when you draft a, a franchise player, you need to extend them. I mean, they did it with Odell Beckham Jr. and then they traded him. Um, but uh, they, you should be looking to extend these guys. Beckham, though, rumored by Mike Francesa, who appeared on our <laughs> show last week to talk about the Jets, <laughs> to, to be traded. Adam Schefter reporting this morning. The Browns are adamant. They never, they're never even considering that. Uh, we've seen it before where they, a team denies a report and happens. But Odell Beckham Jr. is not the problem with the Browns. He was never the problem with the Giants. In fact, thanks to Odell, Eli got another three or four years out of his career. Because the, the reason they went to the playoffs in the 2016 season is because simply that – Eli was able to throw the ball five yards to Beckham, and he was able to take it 65 yards for a touchdown. That was the whole offense that year, and they had a great defense led by Steve Spagnuolo, who ends up getting fired. And then when he went to the Chiefs, he went to the Super Bowl. So Spagnuolo is the best defensive coordinator in the league, two-time def- champ as a, as a defensive coordinator, Jeff. Yeah, I, uh, that's a lot to unpack. Uh, yeah, so for the most part, I mean, Odell Grant, like he's been – Kind of a, I wouldn't say head case, but he's just, he's been a lot to deal with since he was drafted. And, and, uh, if Mike Francesa's, uh, his sources are correct and the Browns are looking to get rid of him, uh, that's not really a, uh, I don't think it's, it's so much an indictment on Cleveland more than it is so on Odell. Uh, but yeah, I think all the, I think all that noise, I think is BS. I think all the Barkley noise is BS. Uh, Mike said, there's never been, What's Giants up? need a better two-minute style offense. That last drive there is pathetic. Um, listen, Giants are pathetic in week one, but all it's going to take is one win before you see a guy like Mike tweeting out all rise and, and you know, Joe Judge does it. So, <laughs> yeah. But if they go 0-2, the honeymoon phase is over. If people will say, oh, there was positives last week. I don't understand why Jason Graves getting so much credit for the Giants doing nothing offensively. Um, like, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll keep watching that. Giants got to bounce back, but we're in the witching hour here. We got six more games to go in the last 10 minutes, so let's let's get through those. The Lions last week, a crushing, crushing loss, and they're going to go to Lambeau Field take on the Packers. I was all over the Packers last week, Joe. You were? Listen to me. Packers Should've minus listened. six at home versus the Lions. Minus six. Take the Packers with the points. Aaron Rodgers is back. MVP candidate, Joe. You heard it here first, and – Packers, they're, they're rolling here. They're going to get off to a hot start, and they're going to 
They're going to potentially be a contender for the number one seed in the NFC. This is our, our best bet of the week. Collectively, we agree on this because I'm laying the points here. Okay. Yeah, it's locked. I'm locked in laying the points. Uh, so we talked about the Bears-Lions game earlier, so I don't want to go too much in detail about that. But uh, the Lions had a lead for most of the, lead, the, the game last week. Obviously, they, they, gave, they choked it all up in the fourth quarter. Uh, Kenny Galladay is not playing again. The Packers looked phenomenal in week one. And last week, this was a Monday night football game. The Lions went to the Green Bay early in the season, and all that controversy happened, and that seemed to be the game where both the Packers and the Lions kind of diverted on their paths. The Packers ended up being one of the top two seeds in the NFC. They reached the NFC Championship game. The Lions just totally fell apart after that. I think they finished, what, 3-11-1. So uh, this game, I think, is going to be a statement game for the Packers because I think they're going to remember what happened last year. Uh, they're going to want to rectify everything that happened. Uh, obviously, they looked amazing. Uh, Devontae Adams had, what, 14 catches last week. <laughs> He's primed for a, another huge game. Uh, that Detroit secondary is atrocious. Uh, so we're both taking the Packers and the points here, right? Our, our best bet. Yep. Yep. All right, next game, mm-hmm. Washington football team taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Seven and a half is a big line. So I'm going to go money line, Cardinals. And the reason why could be summed up in two words, Kyler Murray. That's that's all you got to know. But, I mean, to go more on that, uh, we mentioned it on the, the, the Hard Count podcast with Jacob. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald leadership is amazing. DeAndre Hopkins there. And even though, you know, they looked okay, he looked okay in week one, you and I are still both very iffy on Dwayne Haskins with Washington. Yeah, we're not really too big of fans of him. Uh, kudos for him for having the halftime speech for leading them back out and the the comeback win. Uh, obviously, that that deserves some praise. So Washington's defense is good. Uh, I'm they they're well coached with Ron Rivera. Uh, but that said, again, you're right. I think this line is entirely too big. Uh, I think Kyler Murray was going to have another good game here. Uh, you were on the Cardinals in week one. They were a very, very trendy pick. A lot of people liked over in week one. Obviously, that game did not hit the over. Uh, I think this game has the potential to hit the over because I could see the the Cardinals and the Washington exploding for some points here. So uh, we're going to go with you. We're going to go with Cardinals money line here. Obviously, all these lines this week are just, again, playing off the week one emotion. They're way too high. A lot of the teams that are favored, I do expect to win, but to cover obviously is a whole different story. Uh, and I think Washington's defense is good enough to keep them in the game. Uh, if this line was like three and a half, four, four and a half, uh, you know, we would be rushing to jump on Arizona in this case. But seven and a half is way too steep. Again, you know, with the the backdoor cover, uh, always, always a, a potential scenario in play. But yeah, we like the Cardinals. And yeah. You, your guy Kyler Murray gets it done. He goes to week to, uh, he goes to two and zero in week two. There you go. Uh, and then also, just so we got some news here for fantasy owners, Golden Tate is active today, so we'll see how that impacts the Giants' offense. Next game here, we have the Baltimore Ravens heading to Houston, and you know they get back now, uh, ten days in route from the opener. Texans were bad, but they weren't like as bad as everyone was saying. Um, plus seven though. Again, this is like this is a big line here, but the the Ravens, you know, they bl- they blew out the competition in Week One, so 
you know, maybe I'll get risky here. I'll, I'll take the I'll take the Ravens with the minus seven. And I think it's just because Lamar Jackson's going to continue to run all over the place and the Texans just don't have the offensive weapons. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be really tough for Houston to keep up with the Ravens in this game. Uh, we mentioned this uh, last week when we did our live stream. Uh, there's always a week one blowout. The last two years, it was the Ravens. And shocker, this week, it was uh, this year, it was also the Ravens. So uh, for the last three years, the Ravens have been that team that just jumps out really, really early. Uh, they've been super strong. Uh, I think Houston is seriously in trouble. I think Bill O'Brien uh, is definitely on the hot seat, uh, making him the the GM. Not really their their best move. Uh, obviously, he traded DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson in the offseason, and that's going to go down as one of the more questionable moves uh, in recent memory. Uh, I think Houston... The way they looked in week one was very super lethargic. And I didn't even think the Chiefs played their best game in week one. And we saw coming right out of the gate, the Ravens look like the same team that they did last year. You know, they haven't skipped a beat. Uh, I think they're going to be a lot of points in this game. And I think a lot of them are going to be scored by the Ravens. And uh, this is also one of my plays of the week. I have the Ravens minus seven. I think they're going to, I think they're going to go into to Houston and they're going to put a, a beating on the Texans I think Watson will, will play well enough to 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 warrant starting him in fantasy. Obviously, right. uh, if you have David Johnson, start him. Obviously, if you have Will Fuller, who was really good in Week One, start him. All right. Uh, so Mike yeah, we, says Ravens with the spread of the over and easy. Here we, go. here we go, Joe. We got we got five minutes left, three games. So we'll let's go do super it. Quick here, Chiefs. Chiefs favored by they got eight again eight and a half against the Chargers. At SoFi Stadium, Chargers first game there. It's a big, big line, but it seems that the the Chiefs' offense is just, you know, we are ready to go. To go, Clyde Edwards-Helaire had a big game. Uh, Kelsey had a touchdown. Hill had a touchdown. Mahomes is great. So, I guess everybody's really uh, they're trying they're trying to get you to bet on the Chargers here. But I think the uh, the Chiefs probably probably. I mean, they're going to win the game, I think, but I think they can, they have a chance to cover. Yeah. I think this is one of those scenarios where, uh, like the Ravens, I think the Chiefs just came right out of the gate. They're scoring a lot of points. I just think that's going to be the theme this season. Both those teams are going to score on average, I think, in the low 30s to, to, to mid 30s to upper 30s, mostly every game. Right. Both those offenses are just tremendous. Right. Uh, so you go and cheat. You go on the Chiefs and, here, and the, the Chargers. The Chargers should have lost in Week One to the Bengals, and that was irritating to me at the very, very end because you know I was big it. on the big Bengals Burrow. last week, big Burrow guy. Uh, the Chargers got very, very lucky. Well, it got injured. Ty- yeah, Tyrod. Tyrod does not look really great. Uh, I don't think the Chargers. I don't think on defense they're bad. But in terms of offense, they're just simply not going to be able to keep up. So we're going to like we like the Chiefs and we like the lay in the eight and a half here. All right, here we go. Big game, big big game. Some night football. Patriots going to Seattle. Patriots getting plus three. So I'm going to go a plus three and a half. Some places are even getting plus four. So I'm going to go Patriots with the points here. But tough game to win there, and you, you might, you might want to really go tough. Seahawks outright. But I think with the points. You could you could play you could take it you could take the Patriots and, and maybe become a winner. Yeah, I uh, so I'm going to lean the other way here. I'm going to go with the Seahawks, although I think the Patriots are a good team. 
I just think playing in Seattle, it's going to be difficult. Uh, and Russell Wilson threw four touchdowns last week. He's he's looking razor sharp. Uh, Chris Carson had a good game last week. Tyler Lockett had a good game last week. Metcalf had a touchdown. Uh, it seems to me that – oh, and also a uh, very, very big-time factor, uh, Greg Olson looked really good last week. and he Greg just Olson. I don't know why nobody wanted him. I don't, I don't know why anybody wanted him either. He, I'm uh, thinking, I'm he thinking, you, good. Is MJ Calabrese 24 Twitch really you? He says Russell Wilson is going to win MVP this year. I think I yeah, heard I that, that from you last week. Yeah, yeah, I told everybody out last week. He's like, Jimmy he's a little Clark late, little late to the party. And MJ Calabrese has sealed with the spread. Chiefs in the over. All right, last game here, Joe. And this is going to be a really fun one to watch. And that is the home opener, the stadium opener, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. And it's the Saints on Monday Night Football heading down, heading across the country to play the Raiders. The line is at five and a half here. And I'm going to go out on a limb here. And just because they're going to say they're jazzed up to play in their home stadium, and I'm going to I'm going to go with the Raiders with the plus five and a half. Yeah, I think this line is really really fishy. Uh, I think the Raiders are getting way too many points. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but we're on the same page here. Uh, I think so. We knew that there were going to be a lot of points scored in that game against Carolina. Obviously, we talked about it last week. Uh, the Raiders ended up going on the East Coast and winning, so now they go to open up their new stadium at home. Uh, I think among quarterbacks I know that have uh, who have been on prime time, I think Carr's quarterback rating is not really super great. I, I saw somebody tweet that earlier in the week. I forgot who it was, uh, but I'm a I'm a big Derek Carr fan. I always like Derek Carr. Uh, I think that again, this line is just super super fishy to me. Michael Thomas is not playing, and the the Saints are still five and a half point favorites. That's that's really really steep. Really, really rich for my blood. So we're, we're, we're both on the same page here. Uh, will the Raiders win? I don't know. I think they're going to have a really strong performance opening their stadium on uh, national TV in week two. Uh, I'm grabbing the Raiders and the points here. Uh, I think the from what we saw last week, even if uh, Henry Ruggs doesn't play for the Raiders, obviously that'll probably cancel out with Michael Thomas. Uh, Ruggs had a really good uh, rookie debut last week. But I think the no Thomas factor is going to be really, really super big for the Saints. Uh, I think from what we saw last week, he's still really important for that offense. Uh, they ended up getting Kamara going right after all the contract disputes. But, yeah, so we're going to grab the points here. All right, so that's going to do it here. we got 30 seconds left, so make sure you head over to nj.pointsbet.com. Enter the promo code FREECASH to place your bets before this, the games kick off at 1 p.m. We gave you some updates for your fantasy lineups. So for Joe Calabrese, I'm Nick Durst, and this has been You Know I'm Right on Football.